Whoa, who are you? And what are you doing in this closet? What am I doing in this closet? Ah! What's a boy doing in my closet? Wait, this this isn't my closet, but there's some of my stuff. Oh, here's the dress that I wore to my 8th grade graduation. All I know is I was on Xbox Live with my buds playing Halo 2 and talking about the new Spider-Man movie, and poof, I'm here. There's a new Spider-Man movie? Uh, anyway, I was hanging out on STL Punk and thinking of my perfect aim away message, and anyway, I... Ask again, who are you? I'm Chris. Chris Edelman, who are you? I'm Christy Vitali. This is the weirdest thing that's ever happened. Should we try to figure out what's going on? Sure, do you have a cell phone? I have a paper minute, but it wasn't on me. Uh, Yeah, let me try to call my parents. Oh, weird. Really weird. My phone just updated its date and it says we're in the year 2022. The what? Wait, there's a picture in here. This is me in a in a tux, and wait. Is that me in a wedding dress? Wait, do I marry you? Well, you don't have to sound so broken up about it. Do I really marry her? She's totally hot. Sorry, this is just really weird. He's a little rough looking, but I do love a scruffy nerd. Okay, well, let's find a... Uh, ha <laughs> ha... Hey, Christy, were you just hanging out in the past for a bit? Uh, yep. Okay, good to know. You know, all of a sudden I'm getting a really deep sense of deja vu hanging out with you in this closet. Maybe it's just from all the podcasting? I don't want to think about being a teenager ever again. Can do. You ready to talk about comics? Yes. I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's On Infinite Earths. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Welcome, readers, to our first of our two-parter covering Sins of Youth, the DC event. Yeah, it's more Young Justice. More Young Justice and lots of everybody else, too. It's not just Young Justice. There, are the, There's like three flavors of justice that we get in this. It's like a Neapolitan ice cream of justice. Mm, okay. So the 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 teens have got to be the strawberry, right? I think so. And and like the I adults think, are like the they're like the chocolate. Yeah, and the the olds are vanilla. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. I don't know. I mean, I guess it could go it could go a different way, but I I feel good about that Neapolitan. I I I completely agree with you. I was going to say the olds have to be vanilla. You know, it's like a, it's like a it's like a complex but mellow flavor. Right. Yeah. Right. And the olds here weren't even, like, characters that I recognized. No, and I don't, you were really, really not meant to. This is, like, the most, like, dig up old DC. See, and that that was the one reason I was like, well, maybe, maybe they're kind of something weird and unexpected, you no. know? <laughs> they're weird and unexpected in that a bunch of nerds who write comics are like, wouldn't it be cool if I dug up this old fossil from 1935? <laughs> That's what the kids these days are going to love. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I love fossils. Fossils are really cool. Fossils are very cool. See? It's neat. I think a lot about the ethics of owning fossils. I don't. All right. Well, do you want to get into the summary? (laughs) Summary. Summary. 
All right, this is a long one, and the editor for some of these comics was again the last time as, as we, the last time we did Young Justice, Eddie Berganza, who has since been fired from DC due to credible allegations of sexual harassment. I'm just mentioning that up front. I am not going to mention him again. Young Justice Sins of Youth number one, written by Peter David, penciled by Todd Nock, inked by Larry Stucker, colored by Jason Wright, lettered by Ken Lopez, and edited by Maureen Mateague. While hiding out in the Catskills, seems we've been seeing them a lot recently, Young Justice battles against... Old Justice. Old Justice is a collection of geriatric sidekicks of the old JSA. They think that these pesky youths can't be trusted. Anyway, they scrap for a little bit before reporter Ace Atchison suddenly appears where the adults and kids try to explain themselves on TV. Anyway, Wonder Girl feels like the kids are being misrepresented for things that weren't necessarily their fault, and Old Justice argues a bit on how to handle the situation. Meanwhile, the evil Contessa Portenza of The Agenda, a group who is trying to make super clones and sell them to the highest bidder, gets a visit from the mysterious Clarion Bum Bum Bum, the Witch Boy where surely mischief awaits. Old Justice and Young Justice have a little chat where it's revealed that Old Justice was contacted by Amanda Spence, an agent of the Agenda, to keep tabs on Young Justice, so the bad guys were being manipulative this whole time. Young Justice calls for a Justice for All rally in Washington, D.C. at the National Mall, where all the superheroes show up. Out of nowhere, Superboy starts saying Young Justice are a bunch of liars, and then another Superboy tackles him? It turns out the lying Superboy was his agenda-made clone named Match. The agenda supercrew, the Point Men, show up, and pure pandemonium ensues. Clarion appears as well, and Poof turns the JLA into little kids. As the fight continues, Old Justice member Doiby Dickles pulls a ray gun out of his hat, which he says will age up the JLA. He and Clarion shoot magic and science at the same time, which turns the JSA into kids, the JLA into teens, and Young Justice into adults? Oh, geez, what a mess. Superboy number 74, written by Carl Kiesel, penciled by Tom Grummet, inked by Keith Champagne, colored by Buzz Setzer, lettered by Comicraft, and edited by Mike McIn- and edited by Mike McAvaney. This issue doesn't have a ton to do with the crossover at large, so we'll make this quick. In DC, Deadman and Secret try to confront Clarion, who quickly disappears. Match, the clone of Superboy, hightails it back to Project Cadmus, which is currently being retaken from the control of the agenda. Superboy, who is still 16 due to his clone aging controls, is going through strange pains as Clarion's magic interferes with his clone body. He and Wonder Girl head back to Cadmus to defeat Match slash fix Superboy. The Agenda clones contact the Contessa, begging for help. She considers them expendable, though, and doesn't seem to care much about being in control of Cadmus. Agenda agent Amanda Spence has been captured by the superhero Guardian, and she leads Guardian and Superboy's love Tana Moon to where the project's staff are being held. Superboy suddenly appears and attacks Guardian, but Tana realizes it's actually the clone match. Project Cadmus's scientist Dabney Donovan creates a virus that disintegrates Agenda clones and starts to unleash it on the Agenda. Superboy and Wonder Girl arrive and start scrapping with Match, who turns his own appearance into a white-haired version of Superboy. He gets the upper hand, but suddenly a cloud of virus shoots through the room, causing Match to teleport away and the other Agenda clones to turn into goop. Tana brings Supergirl to head geneticist Serling Roquette, who investigates what's going on with Superboy and manages to cure him, but it turns Superboy fully into a grown man. He also somehow gets a cape. 
Tana is overjoyed that he's okay, but the captured Amanda Spence activates a necklace that the agenda had somehow gotten around Tana's neck, and it brutally burns her head. Amanda teleports away, and Superboy cradles Tana's body in sorrow. Young Justice, Sins of Youth, Secret Files, and Origins number one. There's there's way too many people who worked on this to list. You can look it up online. There's like there's gobs, like over 30 people. This is a series of little vignettes, along with character profiles, but we'll summarize. The Titans have a strange situation where Starfire and Cyborg were turned back into teens, but the teens' Argent and Damage have been turned into adults. The other Titans are unaffected. They figure out it's because of their youth. The original Titans were exposed to an anti-aging gas while stopping a supervillain rocker named Limbo who was working for the Contessa from stealing said gas. Anyway, back in the present, they tussle with some supervillains called the Wildebeests at JFK Airport. And Limbo, who is now known as Goth, was the one who controls the Wildebeests, and he still has a deal with the Contessa. In another story, Clarion turns Catwoman into a kid. In yet another tale, the JSA need to go get rocket fuel from the JLA, but it just ends up with poor Stargirl, who has been turned into an adult, Star Woman, babysitting the goofy kids. She grabs the fuel and fuels up a spaceship, launching off to the planet Merg, where Doiby Dickles had his special science tools. Mary Marvel and Freddie Freeman, the latter of which no longer has powers, go to the Smithsonian, where they fight a now-teenaged Captain Nazi. Sins of Youth JLA Jr. Number 1. Written by Dan Curtis Johnson, penciled by Carlo Barberi, inked by Wayne Foucher and Juan Vlasco, colored by Pat Garrahy, lettered by Dave Lamphere and Clem Robbins, and edited by Maureen McTeague. Right after the events in D.C., the JLA teens are nearly caught by the Point Men and the Agenda, but escape with the help of the superhero Anarchy. They teleport to the JLA Watchtower, where they quickly fight off the automatic defenses, which do not recognize them. After watching the news, the gang tries to figure out where Clarion is, and Martian Manhunter tries to find the Witch Boy's mind. The Witch Boy summons the android Amazo and turns him into a teen to help fight the superheroes. He also detects John and kicks the Martian out of his mind. The JLA goes to the Rock of Eternity where they try to seek advice from the wizard Shazam, who can't help with the sciencey stuff, but does tell the teenage heroes that help is apparently on the way. Superboy and Batboy beat it back to their respective cities in a huff, and the rest of the JLA meet up with the aged-up Young Justice. Aquaboy and Lagoon Man decide to search in Atlantis, while Wonder Woman and Wonder Girl decide to try Olympus. The Flashes are going to speed around and get the word out. We also see more about the crew going back to the planet Merg, so this feels oddly out of order. Also, Secret and Deadboy are going to go find the bad guys. And finally, the new Superman and Robin decide to go make sure Superboy and Bat Boy don't get into too much trouble. Sins of Youth, Aquaboy and Lagoon Man number one, written by Ben Robb, penciled by Sonny Lee, inked by Larry Stucker and Norm Rapmund, colored by Tom McCraw, lettered by Ken Lopez, and edited by Maureen McTeague. Aquaboy and the now-aged-up Lagoon Man are called by the Mermaid Latifos to save the Atlantean city of Thierna Naog from Black Manta, who is besieging the city and looking for Ronal's staff, which was imbued with powerful magic. The trio battle through sea creatures and arrive in the city where Black Manta has turned the city's princess, Nuada, into an octopus. She is turned back to normal somehow after Aquaboy reminds her who she is. Black Manta and Aquaboy fight, with Aquaboy regaining the staff and using it to turn Black Manta into his strange mutated Manta form. Aquaboy then breaks the staff after using its power to restore the city, even though he could have used the staff to turn himself back into an adult. 
And in Atlantean prison, Black Manta is suddenly visited by Clarion, bum bum bum, the witch boy. Sins of Youth, Bat Boy and Robin number one. Written by Chuck Dixon, penciled by Carrie Nord, inked by Mark Lipka, colored by Noel Giddings, lettered by Sean Canote, and edited by Matt Idelson. Batboy and Robin switch costumes so the folks in Gotham don't realize Batman has been aged down. Batboy tells Robin to head to Midtown where they attempt to get a hold of Zatanna. Zatanna, however, is accosted by the evil Dr. Psycho, who psychically incapacitates her before one of her magic shows to take her to some mysterious brothers. The GCPD tries to investigate and figures out it's probably some ransom deal. Robin, again dressed as Batman, gets the scoop from Jim Gordon. The twins Nico and Vanny stop Dr. Psycho from completely destroying Zatanna's brain. The twins have been fused together by a witch's curse and need Zatanna to help them. Robin finds a criminal named Sergei who he threatens for information. Sergei spills the location of the twins immediately. Batboy and Robin break in, and Robin grabs Zatanna as Batboy fights the twins. Dr. Psycho attempts to use Batboy's tragic backstory against him mentally, but he doesn't realize that Batboy is dressed currently as Robin, and this assault won't work on the Robin dressed as Batman. Zatanna assists Robin in taking down the good doctor. Zatanna realizes that the switcheroo has been made and tries to use her magic to turn them back. It doesn't work, though, so it's unfortunately back to the drawing board. What a summary. It's a lot. We, we, it is not often we attempt to do six issues in one, but I feel like, I feel like it works here because a lot of these issues felt like tie-ins. We had a little bit of main story. Now, granted, these, this, this entire, this is a 12 issue crossover with, with bookends. So there's mm-hmm. the Young Justice, Sins of Youth number one, Sins of Youth number two is the end. Right. And then we've got all this stuff in the middle. Now, normally, to me, that would indicate read what you want in the middle. And maybe that's that's the intent. But they number them. They're they literally did. numbered part X of 12. And the order doesn't make sense. Not even a little bit. Like the events that happen in them are not chronological. It was also between the numbers of the issues. It was also out of order on the DC Universe app as well in like a different way. Yeah, I noticed it looked like it listed them in the part order on the list. But then when I went to go read through the list, the thing it would take you to next was not the next number. Right. Like, I think the Bat Boy and the Aqua Boy were, like, switched. It didn't end up really mattering, but... Right, right. I think, because it was one of the issues, I think it was the one where they go see... That's not the Batman one. The one where they go see Marvel. or Shazam. Shazam. They go see That's the JLA one. So the JLA one seemed like it was supposed to definitely precede the Aqua Boy and Lagoon Man and the Batman and Robin. And the Secret Files and Origins. And yes, all of those. I think it's like number five. It precedes Aqua Boy. Okay. It just does not precede the Secret Files and Origins one. And I think in the app, Aqua Boy, for some reason, was maybe first. I don't know. But it was strange. And you're right. It's like, it is, it's real bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's lucky that it like, it wasn't like super important. Uh, I've read, I've done, I've read ahead. Them going to the planet is like mm-hmm. its own issue and it takes place like later in a way where it's like, okay. it doesn't really matter. And the Superboy 74 being included in this is absolutely wild because this is, 
and, it, and on the cover, it it tells you that this is like the conclusion of a final story. Like this is an end to a big story arc of Superboy mm-hmm. that is just like listed as the second thing to read in this event, which was strange. And I talked with friend of the show, Corey McCreary, about this issue and that arc. And she shared my feelings of not really being a fan of it. Like there was nothing to add to this that made the ending of this arc that Oh, super good. super Superboy's girlfriend just being like brutally, like disfiguringly murdered. Right. Yeah. Right. For no reason. And the this girlfriend, you know, Superboy is sixteen. This mm. girlfriend is like early twenties and has been throughout all of this, which is kind of like yeah, Superboy can't get older than 16, but... How long, uh, <laughs> how long have you been 16, Superboy? A while. <laughs> like, the relationship not great to start with. I'm just imagining a... Say it out loud. Superboy. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, she's just... She's just fridged. It's... Yeah, and she'd been there a while, ne- like, never pops up again. That's it. Right. hmm So. This is, though, like, very linked to Superboy. Yeah, yeah. So it it seems to connect to the story, but it concludes a storyline that is not a part of this. Yeah. Like, the Contessa stuff is, is linked in. Mm-hmm. But it almost seems like that was done just because they really wanted to also conclude the story. <laughs> Like Clarion the Witch Boy barely matters in the Super. Boy I am thing. sorry. I in the summary readers, I have to let you know that I corrected several instances of Clarion bum 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 the Witch Boy because that is how Clarion's name is said in this event, and, and I would ask you to respect. I don't like it. Respect his choice. Peter David him. can't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird to me because Clarion is often mischievous, but he. He seemed like a little imp in this. Yes. Like, chaos for the sake of it. Yeah. To be fair, his his original thing was, like, he showed up in The Demon. Like, you know, Etrigan, the demon who has to rhyme when he yeah. talks. He was originally from that, and he would just, he was he was very like this. So, I'm complaining for nothing. I think a lot of the time, Clarion doesn't do anything. Um, I like this little boy and his cat. His cat, which later turns into, like, a cat girl. Oh, I don't, we'll I don't like that. that. I don't, I'm, do we have to, though? <laughs> is it to. part of this event? Do I have to? Yeah, it is no, no. See, I can envision Clarion, bum, 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 the witch boy, and his little cat as our slightly impish little child who loves to drag around our cat. That's true. You are not calling our, our kid Clarion, bum, 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 the witch boy. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> Just the, the impish spirit yeah he is total. he's just chaotic i don't know that he's evil it did take me a second to realize that the bum 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 and bum 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 like sound effects i'm like why is he talking about butts (laughs) (laughs) you're very cute i am (laughs) i'm gonna make a new brand of underwear called bum 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 (laughs) Where's my bum 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 today? <laughs> It'll be like uh, like me undies. It'll be like your bum bum bums. <laughs> you rocking some bum bum bums? <laughs> the three, the three is what gets me. If it was just bum bum, it would no. No, the, it's bum bum bums. Yeah, bum bum bums. Or is it bum bum bums? 
Our listeners are getting a lot out of this. <laughs> oh. So which of these like myriad little tie-ins was your favorite? Uh, I, I think the, the Batman and Robin. Mine too, and I was mad about it. The writer of that issue is a guy named Chuck Dixon, mm-hmm. and he is like incredibly right-wing comics gate now. Oh. But and but I read it and I was like I but the 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 Carrie Nord art and gosh, I hope Carrie Nord is also not a weird right winger. I tried to look it up, couldn't find anything. I loved the art. It seemed so much more like it, it felt really modern to me compared to everything else. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. I mean, modern's probably not the way to say it, but I don't know. It it worked. This crossover to me, even though it didn't take place in the 90s, kind of feels 90s to me. See, there's a lot of very distinctly oddy flavors in here for me. And when I say oddy flavors, that's not a good thing. What what are some good oddy flavors that are not in this? What do you what do you miss from the oddies? You don't miss the jeans. I know you didn't like the jeans. The low-rise jeans. Yeah, low-rise jeans were not good. That mm-hmm. was not a good a good thing. Um what oh, a, what the, the big the, flowy skirts. I was about to say, what about those big flowy the skirts? The big flowy skirts, those are good. Uh-huh. I like I like that. Yeah. Um those are probably gonna come back sometime soon. Yes, yes. Uh you're making me think about when I was a teenager again. And, and you, you probably I'm, don't like it. I yeah, I don't I don't think I'm a, a fan of thinking about that time. Yeah. Just like how in Young Justice they are bringing up these times. But it's it's very early aughts. I think these came out in like Mm-hmm. 02 or something oh so is, that's like middle school for me i mean it's like did things change that much uh, well i was you probably especially changed. culturally illiterate in <laughs> middle school did you watch charmed in middle school or was that in high school oh i don't know if i'd watched it as early as middle school i I didn't watch a lot of TV in middle school. I read a lot of books. Right. Because like the TV that was on was like largely PBS because you had like a million younger siblings. Yeah. 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 So. Oh, I'm sorry. These came out in 2000, not <gasps> 2002. Oh my gosh. Well, that's where we get some of that, that 90s. Yeah, um, like, fun fact. The, mm-hmm. the year 2000 is still the 90s. Mm-hmm. It was not until 2001. I, that doesn't make sense to me. Okay. Would you say that when you that when you have zero apples, you have an apple? N- no. Yeah. So in the year two thousand, that is still that wasn't even the new millennium. The new millennium was two thousand one, because because a thousand years had. You passed. may be right, but I don't feel like you are. <laughs> you don't. You just you're like, no, it changed a lot of digits. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did. It did. No, I liked the Batman one too in general, which like ma- like again makes me mad because Chuck because of Chuck Dixon. I liked the like it feels really cool to be Batman, but also mm-hmm. maybe I'm not ready to be Batman, and you're talking too much, like things like that. I also I'm a huge mark for Zatanna. I love Zatanna. Zatanna's great. I love her a lot. One of the things I liked most about Teen Batman is like yes, he was in a teen body that had some limitations, but. He didn't suddenly transform into this caricature of a teen, which a lot of them did. True. I think his whole the, they talked about how like be, like you were never you were never a kid or a teen. Mm. You like you, you know like once your parents died, you were like immediately growing a up, a full grown man. Which like okay, he was like very wealthy. He would not have necessarily had to grow up at all, right? But right. He's also just very sullen. But it, it's more like he was a little bit in the JLA comic, like impetuous mm-hmm. and like a little know it all. 
Yes, yes. Which, th- that that feels right. But he was not, like, you know, like, Aquaboy, like, is suddenly flirting with girls who also seemed older than him to me. Right. Or who knows, like... He's an adult in a boy's body. That's not, that's not better. Right, right, right. There is just so much of this that was... It's a gimmick that could have been done well or could have lent to lots of uncomfortable situations. And instead, like, I feel like we got as many, if not more, uncomfortable situations than not. I think adults and and little kids is funny and Mm -hmm. would have worked well. I think adults, kids, and teenagers requires a deft touch that a lot of these creators were, like, not bringing. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Writing teen voices is already pretty difficult and like the the young justice they already have fairly established teen voices and you know that's i still that's don't well think they're good. they're that good but they are better than people suddenly trying to write <laughs> aquaman as like a little ladies man cyborg i cyborg was like suddenly a pickup artist in a way that was like incredibly uncomfortable right it felt frankly like really racist actually a lot of his portrayal there was like some like yeah i i I agree with you Mm -hmm. it it definitely was like and that because you have no time to really establish a voice for what's in some of these cases seems like an entirely different character because you're like oh they're a teen they're totally different now like the only way to do that is to lean into these caricatures and they're sometimes just really not done well yeah god that titans one was was something uh yeah the it had scott koblish art though too and i love scott koblish since the Mm -hmm. art i didn't hate the art uh scott koblish does a really good like old school impression when he wants to and when they did that like titans in the past story where it definitely made it sound like they were they were apparently teenagers in the 60s Mm-hmm. Or whatever. I think it was. I mean, I don't know if it was supposed to be the '60s, but boy, they like the the art was definitely old school. But no, you're you're right. Like it, a lot of it was like let's let's make let's make things uncomfortable in a way that like has aged like absolute milk. Right. You know, aging up a teen girl into a woman and having an adult man make a comment about the size of her breasts. Mm-hmm. I was I was livid. And, yeah, an, an adult man who is suddenly a teen. Cyborg was supposed to have been turned into a No, teenager. Cyborg wasn't even the one that made that comment. Oh, jeez. Let me pull it up. So in that Secret Files issue, the one by Jay Farber, mm-hmm. we've got Roy, who is o- ogling Tony and says, man, Tony over there's got a big future ahead of her. That's bizarre to me. It is so creepy. It's so creepy. And all this is happening while Cyborg is also hitting on her as a teen so he's a teen and she's an adult and he's hitting on her but he's and she's really literally an adult like and she's you're act- making me very uncomfortable yes like it is clearly says, like unwanted please make him stop mm-hmm. and it is it is definitely played for goofs in a way that that is is like bleh. yeah so this was written by somebody who thought that sexual harassment is funny <sighs> i mean yeah and I feel like that those were those were a lot of the guys who got work in the early 2000s to mid 2000s. It's nice that I feel like now that that is that is becoming less prevalent than it used to be. I mean, we still have an editor in chief at Marvel who wrote autobiographical comics which pretty much glorified his sexual harassment. So You're correct. <laughs> there's been some progress, yeah. but 
these these men who did this in the aughts are still working in comics. Yeah, a lot of them. A lot of these guys don't get don't get big gigs anymore. These are not a lot of names that I recognize. Uh, like you know, J- they are not going down in the annals of history of uh, as a really accomplished comic book people. Jay did work on the last two seasons of Supergirl. Oh, I don't know. I haven't. I did not watch those. I don't know mm-hmm. if. Uh, Cor- Corey McCreary, friend of the show, was uh. not was not a, a, a fan of his uh, contributions. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's weird. The Aquaman one starts kind of weird and gross, but I kind of liked how it got later. It did. Like him having to be like, look, I like I still have to be in charge, even though like See, this has changed. But the difference is, yes, Aquaman was slinging out some lines and being a little creepy, but none of those women were actually actively being harassed. No, like like reading the story, like the situation and was like was eye rolly. Right. But it was, and it was played a little bit for goofs, but like. At his expense and not theirs. Yeah. And then, and, but like, I liked the rest of the comic. I like him going and being like, I could use this selfishly or I could Mm -hmm. use it for the good of the group and then eliminate it. Mm -hmm. I love that it's Ronal's staff. There is a funny picture of Ronal who is a, who is an Aquaman character and he looks like Boomhauer from King of the Hill. So I always imagine Ronal is like, dang old, got a big old staff. (laughs) Hanging out under the ocean, man. (laughs) Talking fish. So I was excited to see uh, Ronald mentioned, even though he apparently like went went like mad at some point and used his staff for evil. And there were there were mermaids. (laughs) I'm always a fan of mermaids. Yep. There's a lot of like different ways mermaids look in Aquaman comics. Mm -hmm. And some of the mermaids were kind of kind of evil looking and they like turned into into like monsters. Yeah. They were not actually mermaids. They were pretend. They were pretend. That's that's the stuff of nightmares. (laughs) Pretend pretend mermaids? (laughs) Chrissy, what if I told you that if we went to the Ren Fest we could see pretend mermaids? (laughs) (laughs) No! (laughs) Uh, I feel like but a lot of them, like, the entire Secret Files and Origins was kind of a wash for me, especially, like, that, that, the, the intro to the Teen Titan stuff. Even if I liked the Scott Koblish art that was kind of the period piece stuff, it mm-hmm. was, it was generally kind of un- unsettling and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of, like, the, the story with Mary Marvel was, like, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny to me that Mary Marvel as an adult apparently d- no longer has, like, a skirt below her knees. She has, like, a, like almost like a, a long sort of like split down the sides dress. It's funny to me that was. Would you say that it was a, a skirts divided for riding? No, I, I think it would have not worked <laughs> that way. To, I know you're making a wheel of time joke. <laughs> I think it's funny the amount of times that people's costumes changed with this magic as well. Yeah, and the amount of times they didn't. Okay, because we had Batman and Robin who had to wear each other's costumes because they didn't fit them anymore. Correct, but. We also saw Kid Batman in a in a, ba- in a little Batman in a costume. little Batman costume too. I didn't think it was for for fitting. I thought it was because Batman did not want in Gotham to know that Batman was not Batman anymore. I thought it was just to keep up appearances, which is funny because it literally happened on like the lawn of like Washington D.C. So like, don't think about it too hard. <laughs> well, none of the reporters <laughs> seem to actually understand what happened. Yeah, they're just like. Uh... In fact, isn't isn't the JLA mistaken for Young Justice? Yeah, it's. 
a lot of that feels hand wavy to me. You know, there were like if superheroes really existed, there would be like weirdo, meticulous fan fan culture around them. People would know, right? Yeah. That's Granted, true. this was bef- this was like at the the dawn of the blogger era. Mm-hmm. They, there was not there was not social media that would have. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. To be, we didn't even like have MySpace yet. Not in two thousand, I don't think. No, I don't think broadband was particularly like oh my gosh. popular yet. Yeah. Yeah. People probably had to order this, like, by mail. Oh. I know. <laughs> Weird. I used to order Sonic the Hedgehog comics by mail. Mm. So, so mm. far, story-wise, along the main storyline, we have Young Justice, yep. who was trying to rehab their appearance. Yes, the JSA's old sidekicks, Old Justice, who aged normally, unlike the JSA for whatever reason. I can't remember why, at this point, the JSA is, like, normal old, not, like, really old. Right. Right. So they're trying to rehab their appearance. So they decide to have a rally with all the heroes. Yep. They decide to march on Washington. Yep. And so that, that then the big goof em up of everybody's age is changing. And that's kind of where we're at. They're right? tr- yeah. They're like, they're like, some of them are slowly trying to find solutions. But there's not a lot of forward momentum. It is right. more like sideways momentum. They're like, oh, this isn't an easy fix because it's both magic and, and science. science. Like magic and science are different things. <laughs> Christy, magic <laughs> and science are different things. No, they're not. Why do you not think they're different? Magic things? is just science we don't understand yet. Oh, so you're taking the Arthur C. Clarke approach. The, the DC universe does not agree with you. <laughs> well, the DC universe is wrong. <laughs> So you're saying uh, it's efficiently advanced enough technology would be indistinguishable from magic, which yes. is what Arthur C. Clarke said. Yes. Look at you, science fiction gal. I couldn't have told you that was who said it, but I do recall reading it and thinking, yes. Well, you know, I know a lot of dumb stuff. <laughs> I do like that scruffy nerd voice. <laughs> Ooh, tell me more about who quoted stupid sci-fi stuff. <laughs> Ooh, tell me about Dune, a thing you would never say. <laughs> So, yeah, that's why they're in the mess, this mess, because the DC universe can't figure out that magic and science are the same thing. That's why this is what this whole crossover is about. I think we need to talk about the fact that there's a man named Doiby in this, and I feel like his <laughs> name should be Derby, but like, and I thought that's what it was. I thought they were just writing it phonetically. No, his name is Doiby. And he talks like his name, like he's saying his name is Derby. And he keeps his pills in his cane like a Pez dispenser, <laughs> and they look like Pez candy. He's married to an alien princess on another planet. Well, you know, he's doing something right, I guess. <laughs> you know, it's better than being a Walmart greeter, I guess. <laughs> well, are we ready to get into our accolades? Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into some accolades. All right, Christy, uh, what is the best line in this here comic? All right. My best line comes from Batman after he's been de-aged. And I know we talked some about his uh, kind of cheeky know-it-all comments, but he he does something or he enters in the code on the computer that needs to like deactivate the security protocols or whatever to save everybody. And after he does it, he turns uh, back to the rest of the group and says, "Uh uh-huh. Who's the Batman? Like, who's the man? Oh. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> oh. My best line comes from Doiby Dickles. Yeah, gotta love Doiby. Gotta love Doiby. Where he grabs a vacuum cleaner and starts sucking up Secret, who is a ghost person. 
And he says, like you's kids says, sucks to be you. <laughs> and it's written out phonetically. So there's a lot of lot of O's, a lot of extra O's. <laughs> this is in the, the first issue where they're having a little a little fight. Oh yes, yes. Mm. Um so we had like every hero in this, but who was the greatest? I said Aqua Boy because he could have apparently actually used the staff to fix himself, but decided to use it for his people because he is he is a, a leader and that's what leaders See, do. Aqua Boy had access to magic and science. <laughs> they knew they were indistinguishable. Sure. It does bother me that apparently his magic staff is different than everybody else's magic. <laughs> right? Right. Like, Zatanna's like, sorry, can't do it. Although hers was, sorry, Clarion's magic is too strong. Mm-hmm. This small, this child's magic <laughs> is just incredibly good. <laughs> well, I gave the greatest hero to Wonder Girl. Mm-hmm. Because in our first, like, in our bookend issue, our beginning issue, she gives this on-the-spot, really compelling speech on national television that's fairly eloquent and well thought out. And I just, I thought that was, that was a great example of, of young heroism there. The, the Christy went to a think tank in college really, really popped out there for you. Hey, hey now, that was a very good speech that I gave at that event. I'm sure you did. I wasn't I there. received accolades. Well, we're, we're and know, let's so go on to our next accolade. <laughs> the coolest moment. Uh, mine was when all the heroes changed because that was that was a cool splash. So specifically, mine was when they all fir- were first changed by Clarion into the little kids. I liked the little kids splash. Oh, uh, where they were all li- they were all like little little mm-hmm. little this Calvin is before, and Hobbes characters. Yeah, this is before they all get hit with the the ray gun and everything gets all <laughs> mucked up. That's fair. Mm-hmm. So we have a similar but not quite Daily Devil. Mm-hmm. I think that there just wasn't like a lot of room for big moments when all of these were like somewhat inconsequential tie-ins. Yeah. 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 All right. You're going to hate my Crusher Creole Award for Silly Villainy. Let's do it. Because it is Clarion, bum, 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 the witch boy. I mean, it is silly. I, I Yeah. I give that the that shtick that is maintained throughout every <laughs> issue. You just ate that up. Silly villain. Peter David gotcha. Oh, no. He got you this time. <laughs> Don't tell Corey. I feel like Peter David gets everybody once. What was your Crusher Creel award for Silly Villainy? Mine went to Clarion as well, but just the fact that he's just doing this for just for goofers. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of bored. Like, yeah. this kid needs Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Our next accolade, readers, if you're not familiar with our accolades, is the key of C, which we give to a moment that we feel would be enhanced or uh, best represented by a musical number. And my key of C, I gave to uh, the the moment in Shazam's castle, fortress, whatever it is. It's a rock. It's like a cave. Okay, his cave uh, with the seven sins. Which were which were whatever people wanted them to be. They were not the actual seven deadly sins. No, they weren't. Uh, but each each of the heroes had this little little moment because we had injustice, laziness, selfishness, hatred, greed, envy, and pride. Envy and selfishness are the same thing. I feel like. Yeah. Well, maybe not. <laughs> envy, selfishness, pride. There's like a there's a lineage there. But I I thought that it could be a fun little dance number with little bits that spotlight each character mm. and i thought it would be a neat little musical number yeah 
What about your KFC? Mine would have been the short where poor Star Woman is the only adult with the JSA and the JLA. Uh-huh. I feel like it could have been a good make him laugh style number with, with lots of hijinks. Yeah, yeah. She's got some really fast dialogue and lines that she keeps getting distracted by all the different kids and trying to keep everything. Because right. they're just being like, they're it's being like foolish. whack-a-mole. Yeah. Whack-a-mole with children. Yeah. But don't whack a child. <laughs> don't actually whack a child. <laughs> All right, and our final accolade, I will go down with this ship. This is not our final accolade. We also have the good. Oh, the goodest hit. Yep, one more accolade after this. Uh, so our next accolade is I will go down with this ship. It can be platonic or romantic, mm-hmm. and uh, mine in this case is a platonic ship with uh, Batman and Robin. Oh yeah, daily double, daily double. Hit it, Matt D. Wilson. And this Robin specifically is. I looked it up and I don't remember. It's Tim Drake, I believe. Tim Drake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Tim Drake and Bruce Wayne. Yep. They they just had some nice, a nice little heart to heart there they about, did. you know, who Tim wanted to be when he grew up and not wanting, maybe not being Batman quite the same way. And it was just like a nice little mm-hmm. heart to heart. Yeah. It was, it was sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, the issue by Chuck Dixon, who I have a lot of problems with. It was really hard to like that issue. Also, there was that bit in the issue where the guy was literally like cursed by a Romani. And they like, that's not what they said, though. Oh. And I'm like, I like rolled my eyes out of my head. Like, oh. we, we, it, it just felt like, like the Batman and Robin stuff really felt really thought out. And the rest felt like really like, oh, let's just do use some prejudice cliches. Man, this is prejudice cliches, the event. It is really. Mm-hmm. So, can I tell you what my goodest hit is? Please do. When Aqua Boy like hits Black Manta with the staff and it transforms him mid-hit. Oh, that was sick. That was depicted really cool, and I didn't really think about that as a as a hit because it was it was a magic hit mm-hmm. or a science hit. Mm-hmm. You know, magic and science, which are apparently the same thing. They're same thing. Yeah. Uh, but I gave my goodest hit when uh, Superboy. Superboy punches Match a whole bunch, but <laughs> like he there's one where he has the line, you stole that from me and I want it back. Uh, get a life, but not mine. You aren't Superboy. You'll never be Superboy. And he does it. There's this big, like, punchy hit. And I was like, yeah. Get him. Like, this is the teen angst I can get behind. Yeah, it's good. Get a life, but not mine. You'll never be Superboy. Get a life, but not mine. Oh my gosh, you're so dreamy. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> with that, let's, uh, let's move towards concluding this one. Readers, thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, if you made it this far, thank you. If you're interested in following us on social media, you can find us at Twitter and Facebook at Chris's Pod. If you need to get a hold of us with those long messages, find us. Chris is on infiniteearths at gmail.com. New episodes come out every two weeks, and we you can see those at, on comicsxf.com. We love those five-star iTunes reviews. We'll read them out on the show. We have not had one in about a year. Uh, it'd be really cool as we were as we come into the final stretch. Mm-hmm. If you're interested in monetarily supporting us during our concluding months of the podcast, you can do so over at Patreon or Ko-fi. Links for both of those are in the show notes. Yep. And you can you can check out our writing, which occasionally happens on CXF as well. Yeah. Chris and I are, are currently doing some writing together. A little, Did little I th- 
couples activity. Did I think I was signing up with you for one issue? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, you talked about like, hey, I signed up to do this thing. And I was like, oh, is it just one issue? Just I'll do one it issue. with you. It's, it's three issues. What have many, I gotten but... you into? Well, I like writing with you. Oh, that's nice. And until next time, readers. Slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours. <laughs>